Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. You are now listening to season seven of the show. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by the amazing Henry Nelson Case. Henry is a consultant, solicitor, and content creator. Henry is also known on social media as That Corporate Lawyer. On Instagram, Henry has amassed a huge following of over 88,000 and 81,000 over on TikTok. He is passionate about challenging toxic corporate behaviors and focusing on mental well-being in the workplace. Henry's TEDx talk highlights the importance of breaking the silence, why men need to talk about their mental health. Henry is also one of the co-founders of the Creator Space, an exclusive network of the UK's best content creators. So a very big warm welcome, Henry. What's up, Rob? I felt like I needed to clap myself in as I... It's all true. It's all true. All the amazing things you've been getting up to. And that's why I was super excited to have you on the show. And before we get into all the amazing projects and experiences, we do have a customary icebreaker question here on the Legally Speaking podcast, which is on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real, what would you rate the hit TV series Suits in terms of its reality of the law if you've seen it? I have seen Well, Actually, I stopped after like two or three seasons uh, because I thought. It was quite far-fetched. And so on that note, I'm going to say my answer is probably like two out of 10 on the basis that they're lawyers. Uh, well, well, actually, no, because one of them brought up zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so a, 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 a two to a zero. And I think with that, we'll move swiftly on to talk all about you. So, Emery, would you mind telling our listeners a bit about your background and career journey? Yeah, sure. So... I, let's go all the way back to pre-law school. Uh, so I did my undergraduate degree in law from 2011 to 2014. And probably second year is when I started applying for VAC schemes and training contracts. And I don't know if many, well, I'm pretty sure a lot of us at that age, because we'd come straight from school where we were smashing A-levels, GCSEs, we were like absolutely killing it. You were used to being like, one of the best yeah. and always doing well. And then you come into second year and you start applying for training contracts. And then suddenly you're just pitted against the whole country and even people externally. Um, you're like, oh, actually, oh, no. <laughs> uh, you get a lot of rejections. So then I finished university with my degree. And you know what? I don't have a training contract, but I, I, I want to be a lawyer. Uh, so I decided to self-fund the LPC on a part-time basis and whilst doing that I was also a full-time banking and finance paralegal at Osborne Clark for as based in the Bristol office but worked for the Bristol Reading and London teams and then probably about four or five months in uh, I then got my training contract offer um, I was like, yes I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna be be a lawyer I then just had to complete the LPC finish up at Osborne Clark as a paralegal start the training contract did the training contract qualified in 2018 and that's when I was like oh I'm a big boy now I'm an actually <laughs> qualified lawyer and obviously it was super super exciting to have finally have got to where I wanted to get to um and then I spent a couple of years in private practice uh, a couple of years just to flag I've just turned five years PQE and did a couple of years in private practice then moved to in-house because I guess when like a lot of people or less so now, 
But when I was looking to become a lawyer, I only kind of knew that you'd either be a solicitor or a barrister. I didn't know there were all these in-house or alternative options, which are incredible options for so many people, myself included, going in-house. And then I've gone from, during my in-house time, I actually missed out a key point here before we continue the, the, the journey, is sort of late summer 2021 is when I started making content on social media. Yeah. And which I'm sure we'll come on to at some point. I guess it's the reason that we met. This is quite a big <laughs> I do. Um, and then, yeah, so then I was still in private practice, uh, in-house doing social media stuff. And then about a year, well, less, yeah, about a year later, it basically got to the point where I was juggling what felt like two full-time jobs, being an in-house lawyer and also content creation to the detriment of my relationship with my then girlfriend, my friends, and all of the other social stuff that I was doing that got pushed to, to the back burner, which obviously unhealthy, not great, and was on the road to burnout. So I quit my job, um, turned 30, broke up with uh, aforementioned girlfriend. Um, I, I don't know, I must've gone through some kind of life crisis uh, at 30. Um, and then I opted to become sort of a consultant solicitor. So I got more flexibility, um, and I can balance time as being a lawyer because it's something I genuinely enjoy doing, um, alongside all of the other projects, social media, public speaking, uh, and all of that fun stuff. And then here we are now in 2024. Exactly. Well, Percy, thanks for being so open. I know it's something you're very, um, very passionate about as well as, you know, people being very honest with their journeys, not just the highs, but also the, the struggles, but also, you know, you've, you've shown some, some, some real, real grit. And I love the fact that you sort of self-funded the LPC and then you've gone on, you've gone through these journeys and you found ultimately what's right for you. You touched on it there, consultant solicitor, but this term might be quite new to some of our listeners. Can you just tell us a bit more about it and types of work that you've been involved with as a consultant solicitor? Yeah, no, mate, if I'm being completely honest, I always thought consultants were people that were in like, their 60s uh that wouldn't <laughs> quite take on full-time retirement so they just dabbled um in all of this other stuff no so i i'm sure they won't mind me saying their 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 names they've written articles uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> people know me yeah <laughs> that's a joke i'm a humble king <laughs> so i work for pinson masons and they have like a consultancy arm to them and how that works is they take on consultants from paralegal level all the way up to partner level. And effectively, it's for people that are looking for good quality, top tier, firm level work, also want an added level of flexibility in their day-to-day -day life. That could be because they are doing other projects, because they're managing childcare, because perhaps maybe they don't want to fully retire. Whatever reason it is, um, that's what this is sort of geared towards. Um, and through sort of the legal networking community, Rob, that you kind of put together, uh, which I'm super grateful for, I started speaking to people and various consultancy um, offerings were out there. And this is how I came across Pinson Mason's version. And then I started speaking with the team. They liked me. I liked them. Um, it, it, it worked well. And effectively, because of the other stuff that I do, I generally... On, on a project to project basis that the firm offer um they say hey we've got this project we think you'd be a good fit do you want to do it um 
it allows me to practice as a lawyer for sort of three days a week, uh, giving me the other two days um, to focus on the other projects, all still within the confines of the working week. So I'm not pushing everything the weekend, if it was Monday to Friday law, social weekends, social evenings, uh, social in terms of content creation, not being social. So I still get my weekends and my evenings to like basically just live a normal life and see people and hang out. So I'm not overstretching myself. But yeah, I can't thank them enough. They're super great. I've been involved in some super amazing projects with some amazing teams, which it's so, so interesting and like nice to be in an environment that's so supportive, not just me as a lawyer, um, but also all of the other stuff that I do as well. And sort of my opinion's been sought on why sort of Gen Zs and millennials don't necessarily progress to partnership, what can like the firm do to support that as sort of career dynamics are changing in terms of routes to qualifying are changing. Um, it's quite nice to know that I can also add value there, which I massively appreciate. Yeah, and you you add value everywhere. And I guess one thing we have to talk about, of course, which you reference, is social media. Because you've built huge followings, right? You're in over 80,000 on both Instagram and TikTok and inevitably going to be hitting hundreds of thousands very, very soon. When you talked about your sort of start of your journey, um, but what did you to start posting on social media? That's a great question. I I think why I started posting on there was as some kind of outlet. So I, I mentioned that I joined an in-house organization off the back of leaving sort of private practice, um, not at any firms that I've like explicitly referenced here. Um, so I left, I was at this organization and we've spoken about this like in person that that was possibly one of the worst working environments I've ever been in, in my entire sort of working life. Um, yeah. And it affected so many other parts of my existence because of how stressful um, that was. And I think to an extent, I was probably quite embarrassed and sort of ashamed to admit how stressful it was and how much of an impact it was having on me. And that obviously was projected onto other people. So looking back now, I probably, I realized how difficult like I was to other people that were probably just trying to look out and help me and I think it was I just it must have been a couple of weeks before the lock the first lockdown in like March 2020 was announced and I just remember on the Friday like waking up and feeling that exhausted and sort of anxious and unwell that I couldn't physically move and like get out of bed and I thought like I don't think I've ever felt that um, I don't even know what the word is, but that kind of low, um, but yeah. also like nobody knows. And it was like, well, I feel like people must've had a gist because of, I looked so kind of like gaunt and drained, but also I'd never said anything because I also kind of felt like I was the problem because everybody else seemed so fine, um, in this organization and otherwise, uh, like my friends at other firms and stuff. So I didn't want to look like the one who couldn't necessarily hack it after just qualified and stuff and on that sunday it was i i have two nieces uh at the time i only had one i think she was two um who was one of my favorite people in the entire world and my sister i asked if i could take her on a walk with my friends 
um i've never been allowed to take her out like on her own. <laughs> not because i'm because she was so tiny and i was also kind of scared i was like i want to do it so i did it on that sunday and we put her reins on we took her to like the woodlands with uh four or five of my mates i actually have a picture from it um over there because that day is like pretty important in terms of um after that walk i was like this was like a reminder that i needed that actually i don't need to be in that like environment that was making me feel so awful um because of seeing like the joy of this child just running and frolicking with dogs and in the water um and being with my friends so i was like you know what thank you bb for like help she did nothing other than being herself. <laughs> um but thank you for helping me make that decision i'm gonna i'm quitting that job uh, and I say that with an element of privilege to the extent that I just moved from Cheltenham back to Bristol and was staying with my parents. So my financial commitments were very limited. Um, I'm going to quit my job. And I will, this will all sort itself out. And then Bozza announced a lockdown. I was like, cheers, mate. Guess I'm not. <laughs> uh, so I was removed from that like office situation where I had to sit next to that partner every single day. And then I was working from home and I was watching other content creators. I will answer your question. I'm, ge- I'm getting to the... <laughs> um, and I was watching other content creators who have now become like good friends of mine, Rod, Laura, Corporate Natalie, all of these amazing people share their experiences around like working from home and the nuances that, uh, as we all got to learn it. But I was kind of too nervous to ever do anything and I didn't think I ever would. And then a year later, I, don't, I, mu- I honestly don't know what the exact reason is Maybe I just was craving some attention that day. Who knows? Uh, I'm a middle child. And I downloaded TikTok because I was previously watching content on Instagram Reels. And I just made a video. And interestingly, my handle is that corporate lawyer, but I primarily do commercial work, like commercial contracts, data protection, IP, very limited corporate work. But I think I wanted it so detached from my actual identity that it, it kind of like added an extra layer of like secrecy to it because I was, I was like, I want to do something, but I also don't want people to actually see it. I just want to make something because I like making things. When I was 13, 14 and YouTube just got going, um, I had my first sort of Mac and I was playing around with like green screens and making videos. Uh, they were trash. Uh, I have a hidden <laughs> and deleted and gone. I just liked the process and TikTok had the, had it all built into the app, so it's really easy to get going. So I did it, posted it, ran away. Um, and then the first couple of videos like popped off. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. I was my goal was never to like get followers, like do brand deals, do all of this incredible stuff that's come off the back of it. It was a I just want to make something, share an experience, um, and just kind of have an outlet to say, oh because sometimes you can't always express yourself in a contract, for example, in your work. So having a safe space to do this was really nice. And then, yeah, it kind of um, escalated. And then I started sharing more about my workplace experiences or things that have happened on like the well-being side and others. Uh, and people just started saying like, that's me. I can relate to this. I've never felt so seen. And uh, all of these comments, I was like, whoa hold on a minute, like me pre-March 2020 lockdown felt on that Friday morning, felt like I was the only person who'd ever experienced anything like this. 
and everybody else had their lives together. They knew what they were doing. They could um, like handle all of this pressure. Uh, turns out lots of us cannot. Um, so I think that was one of the really nice, well, not nice, but it was comforting to know that people are relating to this because they're going through similar experiences. And I think the more that we talk about these experiences um, and cast light on them, then ultimately, like the legal profession, wider workplaces need to start sort of making sure that uh, these people are held accountable. Yeah, and you make so many good points. And I think it's um it's really important that we we stress the whole speaking up, you know, because we can be our we can be our own harshest critics and we can go very insular. And actually by speaking up, like you say, there's other people probably in similar situations where you can come together and then ultimately you build not only huge followings, but communities off the back of that where you can help knowledge share, support one another, and of course opportunities and things come from that. So actually, you know, some of your what might deem your your, your sort of lowest moments if you can kind of find that courage to speak up i can guarantee you you can find um an outlet and, and safe spaces ultimately um you know where where you can all grow and and, and bounce back together i want to talk uh, a bit about boundary setting so i know it's something you've really really focused on and become you know very good at and this is going to help other people particularly other busy people like you because you mentioned you're a consultant solicitor you're a content creation law fluencer love or hate the term you know how do you balance your professional life with creating you know social media content and any tips for others who, who might be trying to, to juggle the same yeah I, I wouldn't say i'm an expert in boundary setting uh that's for sure but i've definitely learned through managing various different projects that you need to put boundaries in place to make sure that otherwise to make sure that one you can do those projects effectively whether that's a legal-based project or whether that's something else that you're doing on the side and ultimately, only you can determine what those boundaries are. People aren't going to put those boundaries in. Yeah. In fact, other people are going to impose on those boundaries and make it harder. They're going to try and push them. So if you don't set in boundaries, then as you may have guessed, you're heading on a one-way path to burnout in all aspects on your life. So with sort of help of going to therapy, um, I've definitely got better at saying no to things that what I would love to do, I necessarily don't have the time. Um, and again, I still make mistakes on that. And sometimes I take on a bit too much um, or I overcommit myself. Like last week, for example, I was traveling all over the shop and um, I woke up Thursday morning. I was supposed to be getting a train to London. I was like, I can't do that today. I'm exhausted. Um, it'll be more productive for me to reschedule that, like meeting, what, whatever it was. Um, another time when i know that i can perform my best scary to send that message don't think i'm going to make it but i'm glad i did because ultimately i could recover and sort of focus on some other tasks um that day so whether or not it's in your work life in terms of if you've got a hard stop because you've got an arrangement at 6 p.m in the evening 6 30 um is making sure that you are um quite sort of ruthless with saying this is when i need to be away every um Wednesday evening to play five aside or whatever that may be um, because other, it's so easy to start giving way to like the fun things in your life and then when you start losing that you become so drained with sort of work that you don't necessarily find joy in your work because you're super sort of sort of burnt out again sometimes things will come up you need to be flexible but just making sure that you get healthy boundaries and it's quite scary as a junior lawyer to say to your sort of supervisors your trainee supervisor 
hey, do you mind if I like go at 6.30 or whatever it may be? Or do you mind if I come in at 10 because I've got this eight or nine? But I think as long as you have open and frank conversations, then people will sort of, especially in this post-COVID era, be a lot more like willing to put those in. Yeah, and it's another great point you mentioned, you know, we mentioned a lot about sort of burnout, but you, you can't pour from an empty cup as much as we, you know, this has been regurgitated time and time again. You, you do need to put yourself first and prioritize yourself because, you know, you, you, you can't help others unless you've sorted yourself. And sometimes, like you say, setting those boundaries or sending that message as maybe as difficult it may seem in the long run, it's, it's right for you and it's right for the other individual. Time for a short break from the show. Are you still relying on spreadsheets to manage your legal matters? There's a better way to work. Our sponsor, Clio, is the cloud-based legal software that will transform the way your law firm operates. They offer legal practice management and client onboarding software that doesn't cost the earth. In fact, from as little as £49 per month, you can cut out all of those tedious admin tasks that you dread doing each week, each month. Automate the boring stuff, free up more time for the important stuff, that's what you get with Clio. Your clients will thank you for it, your bank account will thank you for it, your colleagues will thank you for it, and you can even thank me later for telling you all about it. So head to clio.com forward slash legally speaking to see how Clio can help you. That's C-L-I-O dot com forward slash legally speaking. Now back to the show. I want to talk about your your speaking because you've also grown as um, a, a keynote speaker and you've delivered TEDx talks. And I want to talk about your, your first TEDx talk because this is breaking the silence. Why men need to talk about their mental health highlights the importance of men speaking up. So how do societal expectations and gender norms make it difficult for men to seek support when struggling with their mental health? Yeah, well, firstly, thank you so much for raising the, the TEDx talk. That was one of the, well, it was the first ever like big public speaking gig that I've ever done. And it was honestly one of the most fun, exciting, yet also terrifying parts of my working life. But yeah, in terms of why men, particularly men, find it more difficult and why sort of suicide rates are so high amongst young men is that there is this element of, as I referenced earlier, that when I felt so sort of isolated, low, and kind of I was struggling, I wasn't necessarily speaking about it. Um, I felt embarrassed, I felt shame, I felt like I was the only person that was going through this. It was only when I started speaking to one of my really good mates who obviously picked up that what's going on, we just started having these conversations and slowly I started opening up to them that we could actually start, we, I could actually start making sort of changes to kind of combat that and like going on that walk with my niece and many other sort of things that I then implemented um, into my life kind of helped me. Uh, so I was very fortunate. So many guys don't necessarily have those support groups in place or will turn to alcohol or social isolation or various other sort of bad pathways to kind of cope because there's a level of shame they need to be showing that oh I'm everything is fine I don't need to talk about my feelings I'm not struggling I just need to grind a bit harder um, and sort of suppress it and 
as we all know, when you suppress things, it just manifests itself in different ways. And at some point you're going to reach boiling point and it's going to explode. So I think there is that level of men are sort of seen to be alpha males. We want to be seen as these tough guys that don't cry or don't talk about our feelings, which is fun to an extent. But I think when you're sort of mentally struggling or even in struggling in any capacity to be able to feel comfortable enough to reach out to somebody, which is why we kind of need to make it more of a safe space for guys to open up and talk about how they're feeling and make it less of a taboo, which is why um, one of the reasons I partnered with Vember, because that's exactly what those guys are doing. And I'm super proud to be an ambassador with them to showcase all the amazing work they're doing all year round to support men, sort of a number of mental health and other physical problems that men may go through. Yeah, and really well said. And again, it's just um, amazing how you dedicate time to to causes that you know you're you, you are passionate about and, and keen to make a you know a, a change. And I've seen that since we've started collaborating. You know, everything that you do comes from you know an extension of your values and experiences and wanting to make things better. And I guess that leads on to my next question, which we lightly touched on, but once sort of digging a little bit more about sort of you've talked about friends, but like mentors and you know what role can mentors and leaders, particularly in the legal profession play in breaking down stereotypes and fostering a culture of more openness and support when it comes to mental health absolutely i think mentors play a huge role say if i take you for example um like i look to you as somebody more experienced more knowledgeable in a sort of similar space as a mentor to an extent as somebody who's like similar values we're aligned in that respect if i had an issue or there's something i wanted to run by you i know that i comfortably just drop your message and say may what do you think about this or just talk through stuff so i think it's definitely invaluable to have somebody in your life that you feel comfortable enough to do that and again that may not be accessible for everybody like within their sort of social circles but a number of organizations offer that level of support if that's in your workplace or school or wherever that may be or alternatively like Movember's there I'm not sponsored to say any of this stuff um, I'm just saying like they are a really good valuable resource for so many guys that may not have somebody to kind of reach out to and I get so many messages on socials around sort of people offloading particularly guys offloading sort of their problems or they want to kind of share something that they're going through and whilst it's so encouraging to know that these people feel comfortable enough to reach out to me a complete stranger on the internet i am not a trained like mental well-being expert i'm not a professional in that space so whilst it's great that you've shared that one that puts again this isn't i don't know how to phrase this correctly but that puts a level of kind of mental strain on me because you're putting you've offloaded which is great but now I'm sat with it and there's very limited things that I can do other than sort of signpost those individuals to useful resources or spaces that may be of help to them but I think to your point having a mentor or somebody that you can look up to and ask questions without judgment I think is the key point is invaluable yeah and it absolutely is the key point you want to feel 
you know, it may seem a silly question in your head or it may seem a silly doubt or a, a worry or an experience, but having that person that you know, regardless of whatever you may think, there's going to be no judgment at the end of it is is, is crucial. And like Henry says, there are resources out there, um, communities out there um, that are prepared to, to help. So, you know, please don't suffer in silence, like, you know, has been said many, many times before. Um, Let's talk about some more of your work then, Henry, because in, in the University of Law verdict article titled No Filter, Lawfluencers Can Talk Mental Health and Wellbeing, you share how working in Magic Circle and US law firms can often be over-glamorized and reality of the day-to-day working doesn't always align. So what are the common misconceptions about working for high-profile law firm? I mean, firstly, when you read the way you set out the the article like even that still blows my mind that I was featured in the article like how that came about and yeah insane but in terms of law firms being glamorized and the legal profession being glamorized to an extent I think we can just pass back to the suits reference um made in how like yeah. show like suits for example portrays it's obviously a fictional tv show but it portrays the legal profession uh in a certain light and Every date I've been on since, like, breaking up with my most recent girlfriend. I mean, there haven't been that many. It sounds like it's been loads. It hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> they always ask. Uh, she's like, oh, is being a lawyer just like being in suits? I'm like, absolutely not. No. So I think, to an extent, social media has a role to play in the glamorizing of the legal profession. But there are so many incredible legal creators that are also sharing the lack of um like glamour lifestyle in there justin for example pushing for sort of diversity and inclusion and sort of the lack of it at a a lot of organizations and what needs to change um so so i think that whilst these are incredible firms to work at you get incredible salaries incredible experiences and get to work with some of the best clients there is a toll to pay for that it's not here's x amount of money here's a great name on your cv um have a nice little cushy life that that's not what it's going to be um so i think more and more people are becoming aware with sort of like the law fluencer community that life at these firms isn't as rainbows and lovey as you may think from watching a show like suits which actually is just full of drama and stress uh. <laughs> yeah you know it's 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 true you you make really good points and you know i think there is more information available now where people can hopefully get access to make their own informed decisions you know i always always think always do your due diligence you know regardless of whatever you see online it's super important and then sort of go with your your, your guts um i want to talk about changes in the profession now because you know it's it's got its faults the legal profession that's for sure but what changes have you seen in the legal industry to better address and prioritize mental well-being and you know how much further do we still need to go i think we are seeing positive progress i think the fact that if you take linkedin as a platform for example so many lawyers are more comfortable sharing um sort of experiences stories we're seeing more lawyers kind of speak up in terms of their well-being i did a talk late last summer at summerfield college in oxford and it was with the global leaders in law when i they played like an excerpt like a clip of my 
TED talk and then we did like a little discussion which again madness that, that I got to speak at Oxford Uni crazy <laughs> but the amount of people that this is quite interesting actually when the amount of people that had questions to ask after and share their own experiences like blew my mind um, but what was more interesting is that people that asked the questions when I was on the stage and there was a like a forum of people was predominantly women put their hands up as soon as I got off the stage and I was just like mingling around in like moseying and looking at this amazing like place that I was in the amount of guys that then came up to me and started sharing like the struggles that they've gone through like balancing being a lawyer and being a dad and burnout and all of these other things was so like it was reassuring in a sense that they felt comfortable enough to talk about those experiences and I think that's where we're seeing the progress but still it was quite disheartening in a sense that there was still that level of like bravado that needed to be put on where they couldn't ask the question in front of the whole room but again I think we're seeing progress over time but um, with an implementation of mental health first aiders and um, like supports that goes a long way but I think there's still a lot more to be done and I think ultimately change comes from the top down it needs to be more than just a token email on blue monday or mental health awareness day to say hey we've got an employer's assistance program employee's assistance program or hey if you're stressed let's just put you on an occupational health test so we can tick a box and say we've done something for when you're eventually signed off with stress whatever it may be we need to see like a top-down approach to sort of workplace well-being we need to see sort of leaders leading by example and saying like you don't need to email me after x time or actually i'm a bit burnt out doing this this and this so i'm going to take mental health first day because i need to because with the juniors and sort of the less qualified end of the profession we are talking about this stuff already Heck, we're posting about it on social media so the conversation is there we just now need to start seeing the top levels like listen to that and implement appropriate strategies yeah, you know, we need leaders that care. It's probably the way I would I, I would see, you know, genuinely care and absolutely from top down. But that filters right the way through, you know, leaders at all levels and even leaders as yourself, you know, leading by example. And I think with that, you know, we will eventually see, you know, a better, happier, more collaborative, kinder and certainly something that I'm pushing to a legal community. Um, let's talk more about social media and community because obviously you're a phenomenal content creator you know hugely successful but you, you want to sort of help other creators so you have launched a while back now but doing successfully well uh, the creator space with some fellow um, content creators would you mind explaining a little bit more about what the creator space is yeah so again life as a content creator was something that was never on my career plan in any respects and it's something i absolutely love and am forever grateful for all of the opportunities come off the back of it the amazing people that i've met the communities that i've got to be a part of whilst also still kind of as you mentioned staying focused on my own values and purpose and what can i actually do with this platform to make positive sort of changes or just talk about things that aren't necessarily um, being spoken about or I don't think they're being spoken about enough so to use that so it was probably not last summer the summer before again this blows my mind that I got invited to an event with Samsung to like feature on Piccadilly Circus billboard insane like my parents love it because they're like that's our boy like 
<laughs> uh, and at that event, I met some amazing people, um, two of which I just hit it off with straight away, Gabriel Nussbaum and Tandy Shah. And then a couple of weeks later, we, we were speaking and we're like, let's all just meet up again. Uh, and then we went for brunch somewhere near Hampstead Heath, near where Gabriel lived. And we we're just chatting just generally. And we're like, wouldn't it be cool to have like a, a union for creators or like other places to share and collaborate uh, and talk about our experiences? And we couldn't find something that existed. Um, we were at this brunch for like two, three hours. And during that time, we're like, what the heck? Let's make it. So we just come up with this plan. This is what we're doing. Then we'll reach out to some of our creator friends, see what they think. Uh, if it's a non-starter, we'll just throw it in the bin and say, lol, at least we tried. Uh, so this was less than a year ago. And then since then, we've held like a whole host of uh, creator events in partnership with the NED, uh, Bawley Ballison, Junkyard Golf, um, with the likes of Alice Living, Danny Williams, Dr. Helena Boshi, um, having all these amazing conversations around like financial money management as a creator, workplace well-being as a creator and burnout and sort of the levels of toxicity you can experience with social media. Uh, and most recently, we partnered with the ministry to host an event with Ali Abdul, who is one of my favorite YouTubers. When I met him in real life, I was like massively like fangirling inside <laughs> to celebrate his book launch around productivity. But ultimately, it's a community created by creators for creators uh, with over 200 members, over sort of 100 million followers collectively to just kind of share our experiences to meet up, to hang out, to be social, because whilst you can have like thousands and thousands, millions of followers um, and views across social media, for a lot of us, we are creating this content on our own without sort of coworkers or colleagues. Uh, so it can be quite isolating. And with so many creators being relatively young, you still want that level of social interaction to kind of get joy and fulfillment and hear what your other creative friends are up to. Yeah, and I think it's phenomenal what you're um what you're doing and just the huge communities that you you've built off of the extension of that. And I, I've been to some of those events and I have to say they're 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 really rich in in content and the people that attend, but they're also fun, right? And I think there's something I'm passionate about in terms of the workplace is bringing fun to work. It shouldn't just be in your personal life, in your professional life. It's okay to make a living and also have fun on top of everything else because we spend a lot more of our time professionally working than we do necessarily in our in, in our downtime. So uh, I think you do a fantastic job of that and bring this whole community together. Henry, we have covered a significant amount of ground as I knew we would from your from your journey which has been really, you know, really interesting as much as you know we've known each other, collaborated with each other and and done some fun stuff. It's still great to learn more about sort of your journey and all the amazing things you're doing to help so many other people and I'm sure you would have inspired a lot of our listeners around the world and if people want to know more i'm going to give you a chance to shout out all your handles again at the end but i want to ask one final question which is what would be your advice to those interested in a career in law and looking to maybe share their journey on social media uh so first part if you want to start a career in law go for it i absolutely love being a lawyer and all of the sort of experiences good and bad uh because without the bad experiences i wouldn't have got all of this other stuff off the back of it but it's a great profession to be in. It's not an easy profession to, to get into. So just keep that in mind. And also keep in mind that there are so, so, so many opportunities within the legal profession more broadly in terms of like legal tech, alternative routes to qualify, in-house routes, so many 
other exciting ways to be involved, not necessarily just with the sole practice of being a lawyer. And if you want to make content off the back of it, then absolutely go for it. Just make sure that what you're putting out there is within your sort of realm of expertise. Say, for example, you can't necessarily talk about securing a training contract if you haven't necessarily done that yourself. So just be mindful of what you're putting out there, but enjoy it. It's both of them are super fun in their different respects. And I love both and I'm super grateful for both. So go for it. Yeah, I think it's it's so true. You know, the old Nike slogan, just just do it, right? I think is um, you know, don't 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 just sort of you know um, pontificate, take action. And if people want to learn more from you, um, Henry, or more about your career journey, where can they find more about uh, at that corporate lawyer, the creator space? Where's the best place for them to go? Shout out any more of your website, social media handles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We'll also make an effort to share them with this episode for you too. Ah, awesome! Thank you so much. Uh, but yeah, if you want to hit me up on like Instagram on TikTok the at handle is Rob mentioned is at that corporate lawyer uh, I'm also on LinkedIn so feel free to connect drop me a message I generally respond to pretty much every DM on Instagram and LinkedIn obviously if they're appropriate I get a lot of inappropriate ones that I don't respond to uh, but feel free to mm-hmm. hit me up and happy to have a conversation oh and oh and well Henry sorry is at that cre- at the creator space Yeah, I'd highly recommend people check that out as well. As I say, I've been to some of the events and I know you've got some huge things in the pipeline for the rest of this year and beyond. So uh, highly, highly recommend it. Henry, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure hosting you, learning more about your journey, wishing you lots of continued success with your career and future pursuits. But from now, from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, over and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like the content here, why not check out our world-leading content and collaboration hub, the Legally Speaking Club, over on Discord. Go to our website, www.legallyspeakingpodcast.com for the link to join our community there. Over and out.